It's about what you know. It's about where you go. If you really want to know, it's a Leonardo show. It's about what you know. It's about where you go. If you really want to know, it's a Leonardo show. Hello, friends. Once again, my name is Reverend uh, Leo Whitberry, and welcome to the Leo and Larry Show. I'm Leo, and my co-host is... Larry Smith. All right. And today, we have a special guest, and we're actually broadcasting from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And we'll explain why we're in Puerto Rico in a little bit. But our guest is Dale Brown with Sager on the island of St. Croix and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Dale, great to have you with us. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to do the work that you're doing, and also all about your organization, Sager. Okay, my name is Dale Brown. I'm from the island of St. Croix. Uh, Sager Farm started in 1998, and we have been at the forefront of advocacy for the development of our island agriculture. Island agriculture is somewhat different than um, agriculture that you'll find in larger areas or in the contiguous United States, but it's very relevant to our um, culture, custom, tradition, and some of the social economic development in our in our territory. Uh, the Virgin Islands consists of three islands, St. Croix, St. Thomas, St. John. Uh, that makes up about a little under 110,000 people. But it's an island that, it's an area that actually can do a lot for itself. Today we have uh, tourism, which is what our main, uh, main product so but we haven't yet developed for ourselves what will actually be a sustainable food source for people uh i came about doing this at 25 years ago uh at that time i was just curious and why we are not moving in the direction of providing wholesome sustainable food for ourselves and then uh, as I learned more about it, I become more um, of an advocate for the development of the industry itself. But while at, at that, I realized that we were damaging our soil, we were damaging our air and land water. Uh -huh. So we began pushing for if there is a secure, for the security of making sure that these elements that we have or resources that we have can always always be around for the purpose of growing food. Uh, climate change is eminent within uh, a small island because everyone is trying to develop, build homes, um, businesses where they're actually not cognizant of the the changes to the topography, the environment, and what the island was once was once upon a time. 
uh, sugarcane plant, sugarcane planting has done significant, already done significant damage because it was a monocrop. Mm -hmm. And right now, we are trying to make sure that these same lands that sugar was planted on, that they will now be regenerated after being left for over 55 years for the closing of the sugarcane industry in 1966, that now they can be used for an agricultural resurgence. Oh. Um, Sage Farm came about between myself and my wife. We have also developed, uh, founded a, another uh, nonprofit, which is Island Food Security, that's been dormant, but we are reviving that today. There are 20 members involved in that organization. And that organization primarily is what the names say it is, Island Food Security. So we are thriving towards that. I'm, I'm also a part of SAFAN, which is Southeastern African American Organic Network, and I'm also a member of the Federation. Okay, so within the Virgin Islands, uh, we don't have that support, even though we have some of the best written laws on the books for the, the development of the industry. So those are not being executed. And in light of that, we're having um, our leadership not really understanding the need to preserve land because there were two there there are two thousand acres of land set aside just for agriculture. But that land has been stripped away over a period of time because there's no true involvement of the government to say uh, promote the industry. So therefore right now the, the government of the Virgin Islands is actually in violation of the, the laws itself that has been created. Uh -huh. So we are trying to actually let them know that this violation cannot continue because then eventually we're gonna lose some of these lands and we are going to be hurting our future generation. Okay. Thank you. And, and so for our audience, a lot of people may be wondering, well, what in the world is the Leo and Larry show broadcasting from San Juan, Puerto Rico? Well, uh, several years ago, back in uh, 2020, we had an opportunity, uh, some of us from across the country, to come together uh, with several members of, uh, of, of different foundations, the Rockefeller Foundation, Craig Ski, MacArthur Foundation, and several others, who wanted to uh, pool, uh, create a pool of money that we could give away uh, for grants. And so first we came together, a bunch of us, as a design team to, to figure out how are we gonna give away this money in something that's called participatory giving. Mm -hmm. And I, I had the, uh, the privilege of having done this two or three times with other foundations. Participatory giving means that people who actually work in the communities and have nonprofits, we decide what groups in different communities should receive grants. So it's not outsiders, it's not um, people who, aren't, who don't live in communities, don't know the work and don't know the needs. So we decided that we wanted to do funding in the Southeast and also, and Dale, you can relate to this, mm -hmm. in what we call U.S. territories, right. which are actually 
what other people used to call colonies. It's still colonies. It's still colonies. And so a lot of people don't realize Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, American Samoa, Guam, the Philippines, all of these places, uh, the U.S. actually gained control of them. Uh, and and then they're not states. They don't have the same rights. No, um, second-class citizens. Second-class citizens right there. And so what we did was we decided we were going to give away $1 million in the Southeast, Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. And then some more of our uh, members of our cohorts gave away an additional $1 million to community-based organizations in Hawaii and in Alaska. And so we're here now as a follow-up, doing site visits to see how these organizations we funded are doing and uh, maybe see where we're going to go from there. And so, um, Dale, why don't you give some history? Because a lot of people don't understand exactly um, what these U.S. territories are, or colonies, as you and I like to call them. How did how did St. Croix came about? St. John, yes. And, and uh, uh, in 1917, uh, prior to 1917, purchase of the of the territory, St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John, it was owned by Denmark. Um, we had that uh, uh, threat, or the U.S. had believed they had that threat from Russia and these other um, um, imperialist European states uh, or countries. Uh, Cuba, which was in the is in the Caribbean, closer to the United States, was a, is a socialist country. Okay, they have the independence quite before um, the rest of the world, including um, the rest of those colonies, including uh, Haiti. So now, strategically, the United States engage in conversation to purchase the islands from Denmark. Those islands were purchased then, and it was used for a strategic point for entrance of for watching who comes through the Virgin Islands, who comes through the Caribbean. Or uh, if there's going to be like a, a eminent attack on the United States, so it was purchased then. But the people of the Virgin Islands uh, never attained citizenship until a long period after. We were run and operated by the Navy. The people of the Virgin Islands were not even included in how the in any kind of democratic um push towards governing themselves the, the united states congress gave a gave a um what, what we call an organic act or the laws that contribute to our development which is called the organic act and that gives the virgin islands the right to govern itself so we don't pay um federal federal income tax we don't pay into the treasury anything. And the monies that we generate from taxes within the territory is what garners and do whatever is necessary in the territory. But I personally, I don't think we have ever reached a state of truly controlling ourselves as a, as a people. 
Uh, we did not elect a governor until 1970. So therefore, even though we had citizenship, we were not allowed to vote or even create uh, um, a, a government that is that is predominantly African, a predominantly African population. Um, we were run by the Navy, who actually were installed um, by the Navy, but I think Navy generals or captains that come through the United States, that come through the islands. And then uh, there was an appointed governor. And then the last appointed governor was a Virgin Islander. And then he was the first elected governor. Um, since then, the Virgin Islands have um, grown in leaps and bounds, but it has never really caught itself where it actually um, provide for itself. Mm -hmm. In other internalize its its human resource or its resources for the purpose of governing itself. It has always relied on the United States. Mm -hmm. So therefore, that's an advantage that a colonial power have and telling you you have the right to govern mm. yourself, but you're not in charge. Mm. Uh, An amazing thing with that is when you look at um, America, Samoa, you look at Guam, exactly. you look at the U.S. Virgin Islands, you look at Puerto Rico, and, and the District of Columbia, Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. these are all Territory. territories um, where the majority of the people there are of African descent or else in the case of Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. you know, they they are intermingled with the indigenous they people are there. Indigenous people and of African descent. And of African yeah. descent. And so it's amazing that, that is it just a coincidence? No, it's that not these people that can can't govern themselves all non-white Because if, you, if you're given the opportunity to govern yourself, you are going to not be a part of the existing culture that's created. Mm -hmm. It's a colonial culture. And you want to be able to actually live the life that your ancestry lived. Mm -hmm. Eat the way your ancestry ate. Okay? Um, take care of your your children, your elderly, the way you know best how. Mm -hmm. Right now in the United States, even though there are so much medical facilities and 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 um, healthcare providers, you still have an issue with individuals' health. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that is an that is a serious condition where we are now dying slowly but surely and it is going on to our children mm -hmm. but definitely if you are able to control your destiny then it will grow exponentially mm -hmm. but we are not doing that and what happened is that you have more individuals that are actually accepting the the mindset of colonialism and you find that within our leadership because they believe that that is the way to go. Uh -huh. You understand? Whereas if America itself, take for instance, the indigenous people of America, they are still on reservation. Uh -huh. Okay? And they are considered um, 
not even true citizens of the United States. Right. Who we call the Indian. Yes. And and you made a point about the food, and that's tied to the funding, and people are wondering, well, what does um, the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico have to do with the southeastern U.S.? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned food. Food it's, is what brings people together. Oh. It gives um, customs, tradition, culture, oh. and spirituality, the social economic development oh. of the people. And it impacts your health. It impacts your health. Right. So the regional hospital, McLeod, where we live, mm -hmm. and now I'm, I'm quoting their statistics from a study they did in Florence County, mm -hmm. right, where we live and where they located. And that, and that research that they did says that Black people who live in the same county, work the same jobs, go to the same schools, right, are they that they are um 70 i'm sorry 29 percent more likely yep. to get a late diagnosis of an illness that can be fatal like cardiovascular disease cancer etc and 120 times more likely to die from that mm -hmm. than their white counterparts and that has a lot to do with the food that we what the we food call food deserts, right? A lot of salt, a lot of sugar, and that happens because what we don't control. We don't control it. The food that we grow and the food that we eat, what you call food sovereignty, yeah. food security, fresh, local, um, sustainable food that is fair and uh, fair and clean. Mm -hmm. For, for human consumption. Right. And if we, we, we eat this way, we have a better chance of survival for our longer life for um, assisting in, in mm. individuals within our community. But if you look at if you look at the way that we are going now, even so as some as, as most families, we don't sit and eat anymore. Mm. Okay? We don't sit and eat, or if we decide to sit and eat, everyone is on their phone. Mm -hmm. So therefore, the best thing that working families do on the way home, I'm going to pick up some fast food. And I'm going to lay it out, and that's going to be dinner. Mm -hmm. And we do that five days a week. But we are not concerned. We, are, we haven't yet concerned about the impact. We get a belly full. But we're nutritionally starved. And we get diabetes and we, get and we diabetes wind up and with all these other different, different high blood pressure yes. and all of that. And to add that, our environment from um, that uh, multi-million dollar corporations has been um, impacting on the, the our, our environment, that is a second trigger. That's another trigger. Mm -hmm. Okay? Climate change now has been so much in effect because we are not paying attention to what we are doing to our environment. Mm -hmm. And it impacts the food that and we It impacts the food because you may not get enough food produced because you have longer droughts, um, more devastated disasters, and of uh, that nature. We mm -hmm. take trees down, but we don't put any back. Mm -hmm.
okay? We move soil, but we don't create any conservation practice where the soil is retained and not end up in the fisheries mm -hmm. or in, in the sea or in the streams or water streams. And those are practical ways of living for living while you're here. Right. You know what I mean? And so, Larry, I know, I know that... Um... That you, you know, you and I have discussed a lot of times about people eating healthy and also the fact that when you're not growing your own food, um, you then are left um, to, to the goodwill or the not so goodwill of people who produce food. And so where maybe you could be growing your own, you know, having chickens and having your own fresh eggs every day. Instead, you're, you're dependent upon someone else to provide eggs. And right now, that means pay six, you know, five, six, seven dollars for, for, for a dozen eggs in the United States. So um, I know I know my co-host Larry, he and I talk a lot of times about healthy food and what you eat. But if you're dependent on someone else, Mm -hmm. How can you how can you eat not only healthy food, but culturally the foods that have allowed you as a people mm -hmm. to survive, you know, over hundreds and thousands of years and millions of years. Well, they, if you if you want to include and what we promote often then is individual or family food security. Mm -hmm. Or individual family food sovereignty. Yeah. So that you have uh, trees or fruit trees planted in your yard. You have uh, your chickens. So you have those meat, those meat that you prefer to eat. Okay. You're talking growing a garden that can serve for a family of four or five. Mm -hmm. And if your neighbor is doing it, you can always exchange mm -hmm. exchange those food. Right. Right. We learned we learned that today here in Puerto Rico from uh, Roberto mm -hmm. because. That was something that was once done. And what he was saying in Puerto Rico, they actually stopped that. Oh. The government actually came in and said, you can't do that no more. Oh. You need a license. You need you need a, a, a business license. <laughs> you need to have some kind of uh, cooperation uh -huh. to, 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 to do that. And, you know, with them logging and cutting down trees, as kids, I'm sure we all remember, and Larry's getting ready to jump in, mm -hmm. we all remember used to be able to walk into the woods, into yes. the forest, and find crab apple trees. Yes. Right? Yes. And nut trees and pear trees and berries. You know, and you don't see any of that anymore. I'm, and I'm sorry, Larry, you want to say something, right? Well, it, it seems that the first thing that's happened here is that the United States is trying to listen to a consumer market. And then when I say a consumer market, they, 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 it's a place where they sell stuff. It's not mm -hmm. a it's not a place where they can build healthy people. It's a place where they're selling stuff. You know, they're exporting McDonald's and Burger King and and and, and, and Kentucky Fried Chicken and and, 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 and and some of the quote unquote most unhealthy food in America to 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 to, to, to the outlet. And and the question becomes, how much money is the uh, United States government actually contributing to the economy 
of your, of your country, on, 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 of your, your body on, on, on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how much are we contributing to making someone else wealthy while we're really impoverishing our community? That's that that's a good point. And, and, and that that leaves us to what we just celebrated, which is um, Kwanzaa. And part of Kwanzaa, one of the principles is Umoja. Umoja cooperative economics. How do we support one another? And you find that America is an individualism society. Mm -hmm. And when I say individualism, all man for themselves. So they have actually destroyed the 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 what what some people have labeled as wrong as a tribal understanding. And a tribal understanding is simply a community that binds together. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes use the word uh use the 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 the, 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 the slogan as it takes a village to raise a child but we don't practice it. No, no. Mm -hmm. Okay? So therefore, why are we saying that, but then we can't understand what a tribal or community is mm -hmm. that takes care of one another? Because we bought into this thing about individualism in and being selfish. And let me give you a good example. It's not food, right? We grew up, a lot of people, where once a child outgrew their clothing, you went to your neighbor and you say, hey, I, I noticed that your son, your daughter is about the same size. I have this shirt. I have this dress. It's in good condition. I want to give it to you. Mm -hmm. And and your neighbor said, thank you. Right. Nowadays, people are so individualistic, so proud that if I offered my used clothing to them, stoned. they wouldn't take it. You probably got stoned. Yeah. But <laughs> But they will go to a used clothing store. Mm -hmm. They'll go to Goodwill. They'll go to Salvation Army and pay someone who's not a member of the community. And your money leaves the community rather than you keeping that money in your pocket and taking the same clothes that I donated that you could have gotten in your home for free. That's that's a community that's mm -hmm. pulling together and taking care of itself when it comes to food and clothing and and instead you know like you said the individualism right. i'm just looking out for me and my family and me and my family and and realizing what what did they used to say uh no man is an island right. no man is an island no man stands alone you know but we've we've forgotten that and um and then the other side larry because i know you're you like me are all about economic development and not only are you keeping money in your own pocket, but a lot of times when you share things with your neighbor, when you say, you know what, I've made I've made more more sweet potatoes than my family can eat. Right. So I'm gonna give some to Somebody you. Somebody else. And you're gonna say, I have and I have more um turnips. Yes. Or beans than my family can eat. And I'll give some but to what you. What you find today, you do that. I don't eat that. Yeah, I don't. A little, a little, what's even worse? We 
we we had some food, some zucchini, mm -hmm. and and we had a truckload of it, and we went to give it to people, and they didn't want it because they said we don't know what that is, and we said it's squash. You cook it just like yellow squash. Yeah. I don't know how to cook squash. Right. Now that's sad because you, they have been removed from the land. From the land, and they've been removed from actually what food is real food is mm -hmm. and chicken bites yes, that's real that's food real, that's real food <laughs> and i've never seen a chicken <laughs> and uh, a couple of days ago i was speaking to some friend of mine and one of them used a terminology they call it poverty pimping mm -hmm. okay poverty pimping and this is what the system mm -hmm. is doing. It's poverty pimping everyone. Thinking that you can be a, you can be all on your own and you can make it on your own. Mm -hmm. And they're forgetting that they gotta ask someone a question. Yes. So you leave, you have that individualism and people separating themselves or, or, or afraid to call themselves who their ancestral background is mm -hmm. this is crazy we have even gone into an era where we are talking about um black and brown people mm -hmm. you understand yeah so say we, that. we are actually promoting the form of racism mm -hmm. continually mm -hmm. instead of pulling people together yes mm -hmm. there is a structure that's created to demise the african okay mm -hmm. And let me tell you something really crazy. Now, Larry, I didn't get a chance to talk with you about this off air, but I actually met with some 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 uh, some, some of our black elected leaders, and I was trying to explain to them that it would be nice if we could do some rezoning to create an urban farm. Mm -hmm. And and you actually have cities, Chicago, other places, um, Atlanta, where they have urban farms and urban mm -hmm. forests. And I was told, don't say the word farm. We don't do farms. That's not part of our city's plan. But you have hungry people and you have an expanding homeless problem in your city. Yes. But you don't want to have an urban farm because... That's not a part of your plan. Your plan is develop businesses downtown and do gentrification, but you don't want to feed your own people. And that is sad. Mm -hmm. So if 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 you're not being if you're not growing your own food, you are committed to someone else's endeavor. Mm -hmm. And their endeavor is not to economically or you know, socially build you. It's a what? Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And okay. So. And keep you in that in, in that mindset. Because if you if we step out of the box and, and look at the box and realize how tall that wall is and that wall that they have created and that four sides, mm -hmm. it will amaze an individual to know that you can only go but so far. Mm -hmm. And this is what's happening to a lot of us today. We are going this far and we're hitting that wall and we turn back 
and we think we're going in, in a good direction, we hit another wall. Mm. And let's talk, have that box. And let's talk about climate change because climate change, they're increasing drought, drought, which is causing people to leave because they're not talking about the fact that a lot of these people who are crossing our borders are leaving yes. because the planet is heating up. They're having droughts, and 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 the U.S. Pentagon talked about this. They said in the 1990s, a shortage of water is going to be the greatest catalyst, the greatest cause for war on this planet in the future. And with droughts and a heating planet, that means that you can't grow food. Exactly. So climate change, if we if we don't make changes, we're going to have food shortages. Yes. We're going to find, like, just like what's happening in the Sudan now, where they just blew out uh, uh, all these American people from the embassies, and, and they, they have war going on that, and because people have had for 30 years food shortages, mm -hmm. and people are hungry. So talk to us a little bit, because one of the things that's happening with climate change is sea level rise, yes. which is challenging island nations like the U.S. Virgin Islands. So how are, how are, you, how are you adjusting with Sager Farm in a changing environment, with a changing climate, where you're getting sea level rise and you're getting hurricanes and all these impacts that um, that is that is affecting your ability to grow food the the mitigation that we have to put in place is first education education and um, the understanding true education should actually profit individual understanding the environment our environment Okay, if we take, for instance, the United um, St. Croix as a Virgin Islands. St. Croix as a Virgin Islands, 100 years ago, or even so 50 years ago, we had flowing water on, in the island. Mm -hmm. Today, we don't. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it takes practically 50 years to get to the state that we are. So what they've been doing is actually channeling water away from areas and claiming that it's a gut okay mm. these were the very same guts that water were flowing for years now the infrastructure of the virgin island is one where uh homes are being built in areas over the years that were once lagoons, swamps, mangroves, um, waterways, but there, there has never been any true understanding, in my opinion, of environmental, of the environmental impact mm -hmm. that would have taken place years to come. And in the United States, we find a lot of black people who they redlined the banks would only buy sell us land in yes. certain places, and now we have whole communities that are that are set up in flood zones mm -hmm. and near flood zones and near wetlands most of these that are flood not zones, flooding. Most really of these bad. flood zones mm -hmm. were created by development, mm -hmm. cutting created, down the trees. Yes, mm -hmm. they created by development. Take in the Virgin Islands itself, you have a lot of homeowners 
who are now looking scenery. So where the sceneries? In the highest hills that you can find. Uh -huh. So when you go up into a hill and you build, you got to cut in order to level your house uh -huh. or to plumb your house. Now, when you have done that, there is no recourse. They have not taken any recourse to say or any management aspect of it to actually now, how am I going to retain all the soil that I've moved? Now, the earth is going to do what it needs to do. Rains are going to come at some point. Uh -huh. Now, all of this is going to be washed down to a lower sea level. The natural ponds and the natural ponds and aquifers going to suffer. Our shoreline or coastal zone are going to suffer. The mangroves that host uh, uh, um, the, the fishes are going to suffer. So you have you're impacting and you're causing the climate to change. We have dozens of native trees that would grow. Someone would come in and instead of saying, "Let me tag this tree and maintain this tree and maintain this tree," on um, the younger ones, we probably might remove and then we're going to replant or take some up and replant mm. somewhere else. That is not taking place. Mm. What we call thinning. Yes. What our grandparents did. Yes. Don't take all the trees out. Just take, just take some out. Some what you need and leave the rest. The Virgin Islands is, is, is synchronized specific was a, a significant amount of mahogany trees. Mahogany trees were in the verge in St. Croix to the point that the main roads on both sides had it. Uh -huh. So you could actually see like an arch as you're driving. Okay? The hurricane come, uh, the disaster came, they removed all of it and planted back something that is not even native to the territory. So what you're going to have, um, the Danes have actually harvested a significant amount of those trees for the, for the for furnitures and stuff like that. Okay. Now we continue that process, but now we are trying to save them. But because of a disaster, instead of having an arborist come around to say how to prune these trees to make sure that they live again, that's not taking place. Just cut it down. And for our audience, what's the connection? Why did we get grant money in the Southeast and also in the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico? It's because the same thing is happening. I want to say this to our audience, where you and I live. See, if you ride down, and, I, and, and, and I, I'm asking you right now, when you ride down the roads, look at how many trees these areas where they have just cut down all the trees, all the bushes, all the vine. And then you're going to see something called pine plantation, where you can literally look at pine trees and see that they are lined up in a row, just like you're growing crops with no bushes, no vines, no diversity, like you would find in a natural setting of, of trees and forests. And then, like you said, um, the U.S. South, which includes the Virgin mm -hmm. Islands, right? The U.S. South is called the wood basket of the world. Most of the wood for most wood products on this planet comes from the South. Mm -hmm. 
and we and we are suffering because of that. So tell us about Sager, Sager Farms. What do you grow there? What do you okay? Do you there? can you can go to our website, Sager Farm at uh, sagerfarm.com. And what we do at Sager Farm, Sager Farm is actually a five-fold farm. Mm-hmm. Five-fold farm meaning that we do education, we have livestock, two different types of livestock, sheep and goats. Sheep and goats. Sheep and goats. Um, we, I eat them both. Eat them both. <laughs> uh, we have, um, we do crop production. We have a marketing, a farmer's market, and we market other farmer's produce. We aggregate from other farmers and we have a learning center and that's to educate farmers in our community. Mm-hmm. We have an event, which is actually a food sovereignty event. And that food sovereignty event raised the awareness of our community that local food is available. Mm-hmm. That's an event where we bring in uh, 25 chefs and those 25 chefs doesn't know what they're going to cook. All the food that they, they that, that is present is locally grown. Mm-hmm. So they come in and they go strictly to the market. They take what they want and they go and make a meal individually for those uh, individual chefs. They create 300 tastes. Oh. Okay? For the community. The community come in and, and uh, patronize and actually they can eat all day long. Oh. We're talking Meats that are rabbit, lamb, pork, uh, uh, beef, chicken that is locally grown. In addition, um, the produce is aggregated from the three islands. So it's all there where we, the individual now can say, well, how do you do this? And he can ask the chef questions on how to prepare any given meal. That's mm-hmm. food sovereignty and food security awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay? So tying that into our climate change that we can actually see that the islands can actually uh, support itself given the investment that our leadership should be really be considering for the purpose of an economic boost to our territory. Mm-hmm. And we just, and I, I mentioned just now, um, on uh, on April twenty first, we cut the ribbon on our on New Alpha Community Development Corporation mm-hmm. Environmental Justice Sustainability and Resilience, and right. where we're going to be teaching people about food and other things. And so the thing that I find amazing, and I shouldn't, because we all see the same things and we come up with the same solutions, mm-hmm. but all of us, all across the country, people are doing the same thing. You know, the, the sister in Hawaii, you know, the people in North Carolina, there, there the people is, in Georgia. There is know, an awakening. All, all, it's, a, it's an awakening that, that that's coming. And the amazing thing is that in all of these cases, Sage of Farms, our Environmental Justice Training Center, the sister in Hawaii, the people in Alaska, the people in Texas, all of these communities have come together to create these things without money from the federal government. And let me ask you this. 
and without the leadership of elected officials locally? Correct. Correct, Correct right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. As a matter of fact, I serve um, on certain on, on, on some organizations or organizations that have helped to develop. Um, one of them is as advisory board to a local department of agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, I also serve as, by law, a quasi-government agency that actually deals with conservation land, soil, water. That has been out of existence for like 30 years. And by law, it should be continued. But now I'm I'm one of the members that they have actually nominated to um, the government, the governor's appointment. Um, there's a land and water use plan that is supposed to be developed over 40 years ago for the Virgin Islands. Now that is coming back into play and I volunteered my time to actually be on that advisory board. Mm -hmm. So that there are things that are taking place, but the education to our community is very necessary for us to continue to move forward. Mm -hmm. The Virgin Islands is in a position that it actually can do more, but the mindset has to change in respect to our leadership and understanding our environment, uh -huh. okay? Because when you are looking to put a a a a, a, uh, a, a concrete a concrete plant, yes, concrete plant or some love making plant in some kind of community, rather than dealing with the issues that your community is community have or in a residential area. Rather than putting it in what was designated as industrial area, we have a problem, uh -huh. and then we are calling that economic development. Uh -huh. We are not seeing how we are harming our environment or even our future children. Uh -huh. So, I, what I would like to ask is: Is murder still illegal? Uh -huh. Oh, murder is illegal. Is it still illegal? Well, I, I think part of it is, um, and, and Larry and I have talked about this, um, people run for office, and they run for office saying that they want to deal with some of the problems and the issues in the community. Mm -hmm. But once they get elected, they feel like they're part of the system, and they become apologists. Yes. Rather than advocates for their constituents, the people who elected them, they become apologists. So, so we're not doing this because of that. And we don't have so money and we can't do this and are, we can't do that. Or we're already doing this. They become apologists so, for the system and they forget that all progress and change comes from not maintaining the status quo but from pushing the envelope yes. and doing brand new things never considered before. Well, let them Am I know. right, Larry? Yes. Well, let them know that they are accomplices to the murder mm. of our children. Because if you're saying that they are the future, but you cannot safeguard their future, but rather killing them consistently, you know what I mean? Then you are an accomplice. Mm. They are accomplished to the fact that 
our gen future generation is going to be wiped out. Mm -hmm. So, if you, so if you live somewhere, let's just say from the health perspective, if you live in a, a area and your county is in the lower 30% when it comes to air quality, if you live in the area and nationally, mm -hmm. your water treatment facility and the quality of water is in the lowest, lower 20% nationally, but you're busy advocating for other things and never addressing those issues. So what you're saying is that when that child dies from asthma and black children are four, four times more likely to get asthma, yeah. And twelve times more likely to die you, from it. You are you're an murder. Yes, you're you are murdering children because you did not try to do something as simple as yes. let's monitor air quality in this neighborhood mm -hmm. and make sure this poor neighborhood with more uh, bad air quality is the first community to get electric buses and and stop contributing to asthma which is the main the number one cause for children being out of school so that's what you're saying that's right? what i'm saying okay that's yeah. what i'm saying yeah. and we're we're looking at the you're 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 facing the imperialist colonizing mentality that think that um economic development has to go along with murder mm. It doesn't have to go along with murder because you, you you're not seeing it seeing it as murder. But the end result for not paying attention to your environment that's causing climate change, that is causing environmental destruction, is murder. Mm -hmm. Well, they're looking at what is profiting yes themselves put themselves in a particular segment of the population. Yes. Colonialism was profitable yep. to a particular set of people. Slavery was, was profitable double. to a particular set of people. Segregation, apartheid, was profitable for a particular set of people. And let's not, let's all not. All of it, yes. all of it mm -hmm. has been the demise of a people mm -hmm. or demise of a sector of your community. In other words, let us continue poverty and keep a group of people in poverty so that they can actually step on their backs to go where they're going, not realizing you're murdering these people. Mm. And you legally. Can, legally. And you can look at some communities that you have seen no change. No change. Economically, no change in terms of health. No change in terms of food solventry. Mm -hmm. No change for 30, 40, 50 years or more. But then you look around in other parts of that city or that nation and you see growth and you see progress and you see development and you see people making money. And and, and I don't know how you reconcile that. Well, so, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. Oh, Larry was going to yes, say sorry, something. Sorry, Larry. Go ahead, Larry, because we're, we're just... I've I, I got an interesting question about reconciling that. We have billionaires in the Black community in the United States, and they're always wanting to flaunt their wealth and buying beautiful olives. 
homes and they're buying uh, everything that they can buy. How do you get them to invest in a program that will exceed what a small organization like a Reverend Woodbury and his group can invest in and make it and make it a realistic investment towards moving this, this forward? Because it seems like the only people who are doing investment are the people who are, 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 are non government. So, so he's at, he's asking Dale, how do we how do we change that, you know? And and, and I say it's who, it's the people that you let elect the office, and you have to hold them accountable. Now, it, let it, us bear in mind mm -hmm. the people that are elected to office are the same mind of people, the people that elected them. Mm -hmm. So therefore. And there are some of us that are blindsided by an individual who actually talks the way we talk, but they don't walk the way we walk. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So once you have uh, manipulated the the, the 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 electorates for the purpose of your gain, you leave them behind. Your individual game. Yes, your mm -hmm. individual game. So people need to now uh, be very vigilant of where a person is coming from and where they want to go to. Mm -hmm. Because now, once they have reached their plateau, you are no use to them anymore. Mm. Okay? Mm. So we need to now look for individuals who are part of the mindset that we are to actually put them in power not by themselves but with others who are going to work in the same um synergy as the community that is going to elect them mm -hmm. because oftentimes the reflection of our Senate, the reflection of our executive, the reflection of our judicial system is a reflection of our community. Uh -huh. So if a majority of our community is going that way, our fight has to go, has to be, has to step up twofold or threefold. And we have to do it and start educating individuals that they will understand that we are endangered going forward under that mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'll say and I'll say this. So if you've been in office four years, eight years, twelve years. And you haven't done anything? Years, and I can't look around the district that you were elected in and see difference. I can't see anything that you've done. I don't mean two, three houses. I don't mean uh, a recreational facility because uh, if you don't know Claude Anderson, look him up. Because Claude Anderson talks about equity. Mm -hmm. He talks about economic power. He talks about money and, and, and institutions and that sort of thing. And not what he calls sweat equity. Mm -hmm. He said, because when, you know, what people often do is they want to give us sweat equity. They want to give us somewhere to play basketball or football, somewhere you can sing and you can dance and you sweat, right? 
Well, guess what? You can't buy anything with sweat. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't build a community. You can't buy a home with sweat. And so if the only thing you can show after your time in office is a couple of houses and some places where people go to sweat, then you have not invested anything in that community to help it grow. And so, so we have to have a mindset that allows us to elect people and put people in office that have the time type of mindset that is going to grow economy through our food and and other things and make sure our communities are healthier and we have we live longer and all of that. And, and I'm being signaled that we're running out of time. <laughs> so as always, I told you, Dale, that the, the time goes yes. quick, right? Yes. Uh, Larry. Do you mm-hmm. have anything you want to say, closing remarks? I think you, you make an interesting point because this is a colony of the United States. Mm-hmm. So just like I live in South Carolina, I can move to, 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 to this place as well. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so people who are sincere heart and people who are sincere minds can start to move in with the realistic approach of not just trying to make money or create opportunities personally for themselves, but that they can actually start to get away from, okay, now that I got elected, I don't need you anymore. So, you know, you, you can go to hell all I can. Uh-huh. See what I'm saying? I, I, think, I, think, I think it's going to take a combination of the two people. You see, good people, and there are good people all over the world. And there are good people who want to do what's good. And I can't see why we can't put in a situation people that are going to be on these boards and they're going to be on these commissions and going to be in these governing organizations that won't address concerns that he addressed at the point. Yep, absolutely. And you said a key thing, Larry, the world. And that's why we talk and we work with and we collaborate and we partner with people in in Africa and we work and we partner and we collaborate with people in the Caribbean. And and we're going to have to bring you back because I want you to talk talk about uh, 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 Caribcon. I said wrong. Caribbean, right? Caribbean, which which was and still is a movement to bring together people mm-hmm. across the the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, yeah, the Caribbean, so so that uh, so that you can be strong and dependent on one another and work with one another, one another not just in, in 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 the Caribbean, but also let's remember that we have a lot of folks from Puerto Rico, from Haiti, from the Dominican Republic, from from the U.S. Virgin Islands who live in the United States and and how we can partner together to make sure that our communities are healthier, that that um, that we have that our communities are healthier, that we're building our communities economically that we don't have food deserts or any of that nonsense, mm-hmm. that we keep our forests and our lands and we keep our culture 
and all of those things intact that helped us to survive and prosper this long. And so I'm getting a signal again that that we need to uh, to close it out. But uh, uh, thank you so much, Dale, with you're, the Sage of Farms and uh, and Larry. We both got to go there and, and visit and see it for ourselves, right? Well, you can visit the website in the meantime, sageofarm.com, mm -hmm. see will. what we do. I will, because I, that's, I think that, that's an amazing issue. Sageofarm.com. It's mainly what we do on the farm and some of the products that we grow and aggregate from other farmers. So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful what we do. Okay, is there an email address or something? Sagerfarm at sagerfarm.com. Okay, thank you. And my name is uh, Reverend Leo Whitberry with uh, New Alpha Community Development Corporation. You can reach us by going to info at newalphacdc.com. Go to our website, newalphacdc.com, or call us at the church that I'm blessed to pastor, Kingdom Living Temple at 843-799-0740. And Larry, how can folks reach you with the Community Times? You can reach me with the Community Times at scvillage-voices.com. And, and, and just, just click on our website and you, you'll get all of the information you need. Okay, so thank you very much. And Dale, it was wonderful. And you keep doing the great work you're doing. And, and all together, we may not have a lot of money, but we have spirit, we have vision, we have drive, and that's what will change the world. And so my friends, until next week, this time, when we can meet again, I want you to remember that if you want to know where to go, and if you want to know the things you need to know, then join us next week on the Leo and Larry Show. God bless you and take care of one another. It's about where you go. If you really want to know, it's the Leo and Larry Show. It's about what you know. It's about where you go. If you really want to know, it's only your marriage.